Dude, I just forgot we to got, record. I know, I saw that, so we got to do this again. It's Overexposed, the film photography podcast with me, Sasquatch Mansfield. On this episode, I talk with Ryan Yoro. Ryan is based out of Las Vegas and is the embodiment of the film community. He's kind and genuine and the perfect person to have as a first guest. We're two adults having adult conversations, so if kids are present or cursing offends you, be aware. That's going to happen. Let's get into it. Ryan, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on Overexposed. Um, are you... Uh, I, I did some research and I saw that you uh, got uh, on uh, Japan Camera Hunters. Um, what's in my bag? <laughs> a while back, you had yeah, uh, actually twice. Had, I think twice. Okay, I, think I overlooked so. something then. Um, what was it? It was a uh, our our favorite camera, uh, Nikon FM three A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ektar, and then there was a Pentax six four five in two maybe and just the end i can't afford the end two. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> um what do you what do you like about the uh fm3a so much you know what okay so first of all uh the reason why i love that camera is because the person who sold it to me really um yeah so this guy on Instagram is uh, O'Sullivan Studios, and um, I was just searching on on eBay. And prior to searching on eBay, I figured that I was looking at all the uh, Nikon cameras uh, that I wanted, and the FM3A for some reason just stuck out. And uh, so I went looking for one, and this guy was selling it for. For someone he knew, um, but it was out of my price range. And, you know, I messaged him, I made him offers and stuff. And somehow he ended up looking at my Instagram account. I don't know how we exchanged it, but he, he looked at it. And then one day he sends me an email saying, hey, I'm going to accept your offer. And uh, he and so I bought it and he sends me a big box of uh of film he sends me um filters to go with it for black and white and stuff like that and then Dang. he writes a letter and he wrote a letter and he goes hey the reason why i um i sold it to you is because i'd rather sell it to you after looking at your instagram account um who would actually use it and not some schmuck hipster who would just leave it on a shelf and just use it for decoration. That's so great. So that is one camera that I will probably not sell ever because of what, what happened for me to get it. Uh, And so same thing for my hospital blog, you know, I'll never, that's the same story, actually same exact story for the guy who sold it to me is amazing. Wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, it just goes back to like the, like, I don't know, you, you exude such, um, like positivity and like community around film, and like the film community is a very warm and welcoming group, um, you know, and so that's just that's such a cool story. 
of kindness. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Right, so you um, you do jujitsu from time to time, just for funsies. Uh, for fun. Um, I'm not. I've popped my shoulder out twice. Really? Already. Dang. Uh, yeah, it wasn't fun either. Um, when did you When did you start? Um, so I tried it over 10 years ago, uh, when I first moved here to Vegas from Hawaii, um, I did it for a year and then life took over 2008 happened. So it stopped. Yeah. Fast forward to now. And, uh, I wanted to get back into it, but what made me really stick with it is actually my daughter does it now. Mm. Um, she, she trains at Dunham Jiu-Jitsu, great coaches, great staff, great school, great kids. Um, and it's in a gi, uh, I train at 10th planet, uh, Las Vegas and, and downtown. Mm -hmm. And that is a no gi system. So Mm -hmm. just rash guarding shorts or whatever. Yeah. So, so so a gi for those that don't know is like, uh, kind of like the robe, half robe that, uh, you see some people wearing whenever they're wrestling around. Yeah, it's it's some sexy white kimono <laughs> gi, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Frank Dukes from yeah. Bloodsport. Yeah, Blood yeah, Sport. Frank Dukes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how uh, has so I I'm like I'm always wanting to get into jujitsu, um, but like due to like life, I have never. Um, but I read about it and like watch videos and all this stuff. Um, and like a common thing that I see a lot is people saying that jujitsu has changed the way that they look at life, not just like, not the practicals of it, but just like ev- it, it, it like affects everything in their life. Do you, does that ring true to you? Bro, I'm going to tell you this. Do it. My daughter is a, scrawny little 11 year old girl mm-hmm. she was and still is very shy um but ever since taking jiu-jitsu her her in school or so i'm gonna bring up a story and um talk about self-confidence so she started training and she sits with a a friend, uh, you know, chubby, chubby kid, and these other three kids would always make fun of him in the bus. Mm. You know, you you fat mf'er, or um, you know, they start using the n word and stuff like that. And she would come home on the, at the dinner table, and she, and we could tell something was wrong, you know, because we always tell her, you know, don't don't come to the dinner table like that. You know, you gotta tell us what's happening mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So she, she started telling us what was happening and she didn't like it. And, um, I guess one day she just got fed up and she just stood up and just said, stop making fun of my friend, you know, just to these three boys. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it was, it was awesome. You know, she stood up for a friend and she's never done that before. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, to me, that's the coolest thing. And, and me and my wife, my wife too, especially like we're jujitsu parents. Like that's like, we'll encourage like standing up 
But yeah. one, one thing we did, we one thing we did um, tell her is rule well, number one: you never go looking for the trouble. You know, you always wait for the trouble to come to you. And mm. it's, you know, if they push you, they put a hand on you, take them down, but you walk away. If they come back at you, take them down again. Uh, and hold them down until somebody comes. But we never, we always tell her, the minute we find out that you started the fight or you continued the fight, even though you knew mm-hmm. it was over, she's done. Like mm-hmm. She's not going to jiu-jitsu anymore. Um, so we try to tell her that, yes, it's okay to defend yourself. But if we find out that, you know, you're going and looking for the trouble just because you know jiu-jitsu or know any type of martial arts, then yeah, she's done. And she understands that. But just mm-hmm. to see her uh, open up like that, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I think jiu is great for everybody. Yeah. Have, yeah, that's incredible. Have you have you noticed it, like, impacting your own life and, like, how maybe even how you shoot? Uh, is it, like, a – is it a mental shift for you? Or, well, it's I mean, hard for me because – Yeah. Well, like, so she just had a first tournament. And uh, I so had exciting. everything set. Yo, I had all the gear set. I took, <laughs> I took, uh, I took the G two ready for fast shots. Um, I loaded up the forty five because I needed to get close a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I took the Pentax so that if I could take any portraits, I'd be ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, none of that shit happened, bro. But yeah. <laughs> First thing that came into mind was, oh, my God, it's my daughter's first tournament. Yeah. going to be there. <laughs> you know, and, and all these things are going on. And we're, we're trying to be, like, cheering on for the other team. And I don't think I even finished the role. Um, <laughs> but when I did develop the role, I'm like, God damn, these shots would have been so amazing. Because, like, mm-hmm. I think I loaded one with HP 5. Mm-hmm. And I had it rated to go at 3,200 on the 645. Yeah. And... Um, when I developed the role in X, uh, what did I develop it? HC 110 Solution V, I believe. But when I scanned it, oh man, I was like, fuck, I wish I, I shot more. And, and that's always my case. And that's why yeah. I think I can never do this professionally because <laughs> my, my mindset's not photographer first. It's, mm-hmm. um, being the moment with friends, uh, or, you know, like that tournament, um, you know, she, okay, so like my daughter doesn't like to cry, right? Mm-hmm. So it was her first tournament and we knew what she was getting into. Um, she tried to play it off like she wasn't nervous, but then like when it got close to her time, yeah, you could tell her nerves were kicking in. She was mm-hmm. all, you know, like anxious for stuff. And yeah, it, it sucked. Um, but we expected you know, like, it's a first tournament. You know, we, our expectations wasn't, oh, you got to do this. You got, no. You had, did you have fun? Did you experience what you experienced at the tournament? Right. And she had three matches that day. And um, she held it all in at every single one um, until the very end. And then mm-hmm. she broke down. And, man, it's the fucking hardest thing, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was like, yeah, fuck these cameras. They can go in the bag. Um, <laughs> that's not that's not what's needed right now. So, right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, you had uh-huh. to be dad at that moment, not a photographer. Yeah, but then I look back at it and you're like, fuck, I wish I got out of this shit. That's why I bought all this equipment and got into photography. I know. But it's like, there's like, for me, it's like the happy medium is hard to find because like, yeah, I'd rather just hang out and just um, cruise, so to yeah. say, you know, just talk yeah. story. And so that's why like, just recently I told you I bought Color Plus 200. Yeah, about yeah. cheap film. Yeah. Because fuck it already. Like, all this equipment I have, the Hasselblad, the, um, the Pentax 645 and all that, with, with the Summicron 90 modified lens. Yeah. Blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're all great. They're all great. They're great for, you know, doing the style shoots or doing the, you know, wedding and lifestyle stuff. Yeah. But I look at, like, I was looking at pictures in my shoebox and I was like, this is the fucking shit that I, I miss shooting, you know? Like, I look back and I'm like, hell yeah, this is like the time we did this. This is the time yeah. we did that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to take my G2, the fully automatic camera. Yeah. I'm going to shoot the shit out of it with cheap film. I got a developer in my fake lab, in my garage. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can develop and scan, yeah. you know, and, and print it out and be like, this goes in the shoebox because yeah. fucking... 10, 15 years later from now, when I'm close to maybe suffering from dementia, I'll look at it and be like, fuck that. <laughs> I remember this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe that's why totally. People, hey, fucked up theory. Maybe that's why people do have dementia because nowadays everything's all digital. Maybe. You we lose, forget you about it. Pictures? Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know where so it is. So fuck that. It's in Print some it folder. In fucking, yeah, put it in a box and fucking look in the attic and shit. I never grew up with an attic, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so much more to like, yeah, it's, it's a feeling. It's a, um, it's, it's, it's not there to like just make pretty pictures, but it's memories. Right. And, mm-hmm. and like, uh, so my wife and I foster and, um, so like our, our life gets crazy sometimes. And, um, there's a lot of crying that happens in our house sometimes. Um, not, not for me though. Never cry. Uh, but no, I, yeah. <laughs> sure. Buddy. Um, but I always find, I always find myself like uh, exactly in that same position where like one of my kids will be crying and I have a camera on me and I'm like, I really want to do a portrait of you while tears are streaming down your face because I like, like, <laughs> I like the raw emotion and I want to remember times aren't always good they're they're also bad and like that's all part of life um and so sometimes i'm a good dad and i put the camera down but sometimes i take pictures of them crying and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've been wanting to do that too hey can you hold that for just second? one second <laughs> and then you dad. get that look saying hey dad don't be a dick okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i get that one a, a fair amount yeah, but ah, that's good. That's so great. I love hey, it. Hey, hats off to you though. You know, uh, you and your wife are being, you know, awesome uh, foster parents. Um, oh. I knew someone who was, and yeah, we used to talk about it, and it's pretty crazy. It's yeah. Awesome. It, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. it's been uh, you know, you have kids, and then you like, well, I've always said. Like, uh, 
whenever I got married, I learned how selfish I was. And then I had our first kid and then I learned, oh, I'm still selfish. And I'm like working on not being selfish anymore. And then the second kid comes along and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm still really selfish. Like, and it's just like killing your selfishness over and over and over and over. Uh, and then like any any bit of like like with with trauma kids, it's like yeah, you're not even in the picture at this point. Like you're just, you're there to serve them. Um, so it's been really, really like from a development side for my wife and I, I feel like we've progressed exponentially as humans um, through it. And it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks sometimes, but it's okay. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man. Um, what do you find yourself gravitating towards um, for like shooting? Typically, is like mainly like family, like just documenting family, or like I know you go on a lot of photo walks and stuff like that. Or do you do you enjoy you know, street? I enjoy street. I, I think because no one's talking to me, and I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> like. I, I've tried the whole, you know, like, okay, so I, I like going WPPI. Yeah. Um, that's where I met a bunch of people from our, you know, our Find in a Box group and um, also met people at the Find Lab and all these different film ones before they stopped going to it. And um, I tried, you know, uh, following people and, and doing what they do, talking and directing. I can't do that. Mm. like I tried doing it with my own kid and I'm like yeah this is weird like I guess that's not for me maybe but mm -hmm. um do you feel like so it's like yeah. manufactured kind of but it's also like who am, like I, I I guess that's my problem is like I'm not taking charge of the situation like I guess maybe that's not my character to tell people and stuff like that mm. and if I see it then I want to snap it kind of deal like yeah but for me to pose something, I even bought a book and I still haven't like really looked into it. I've done like maybe two poses out of like a 300 page book um, <laughs> because just telling them what to do just sounds weird to me. It's not natural for me. But yeah. if I saw them pose and stuff, then, yeah, I'd just be like, oh, hold it. Right. And snap it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I think, yeah. I think I think that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the difficulty with posing is like most people don't really know how to make their bodies look decent. And so <laughs> it's kind of the photographer's plight of uh, making them look the best that they possibly can. But it is it can get real gross where you're like manufacturing a scene that might like they never touch each other this way. But you're like, no, this is the way that you're going to touch each other today. <laughs> yeah. I tried the the forehead touching. I tried um, some other stuff, and I'm like, I promise it'll look awesome. And then when I get the scans back and they're out of focus, I'm like, fuck. Never mind. I can't show them this. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. If it's um, the street, man, that's that's kind of where I cut my teeth, and I love it. Like that's. That's my favorite, like just an afternoon on the street and just looking like it's it's like working out to me 
I think for like photographers is like that is some of the hardest shooting you'll ever do. Like whenever you're looking for so many things and there's so many variables and you have to worry about framing and you have to worry about, you know, what's my exposure? What, you know, where are they going to be next? And like, whenever you're like chasing someone, you know, in a non creepy way on the street. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it's just, it's so much work. It's so awesome. I, uh, I'm still practicing on, on like going up to strangers. It's weird. Um, I yeah. still maybe like one out of a hundred frames would catch some random dude. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in Nevada and I don't know in Texas, someone told me that in California you have to ask them permission to take their portrait or like take a picture of them. Bro, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea about that either. And I have never done that. I just, I just, take them if they knew like my intent behind it they would definitely say yes so to me that's consent <laughs> i get consent because i give a homeless guy a dollar when he lets me take his picture dude dude one time i was out um shooting street and i saw these homeless guys and i was like you know just talking with them I'm, I'm always chatting and um i was talking with a couple of them they were like that's a nice ass camera and I was like, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, it's one of my favorites. And it was the FM3A. And he's like, you should take our portrait. I was like, OK, that sounds great. And so I, I shot two of them. And then um, they're like, 20 bucks. I was like, what? And they're yeah. like, you owe us $20 now. I was like, I, I didn't sign up for that. You asked for me to take your portrait. And then he's like, all right. I guess we're going to have your camera then. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. And it like, it went on for a long time where I was just like negotiating, negotiating. And then finally I was like, fine, dude, like I'll, I'll go buy you food. Like, you know, I, I always try to give them like something, you know, food or, you know, drinks or something. So that like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know them. I don't know where their money is going to. So like, I'm trying to be a good steward of my money. And, um, and he's like, no, we just want money. So that I went to an ATM, got 20 bucks out, went back over to them. And then I was like, you guys got to split it, you know? And he's like, nah, it's 20 bucks each. I'm like, no. And they followed me for like blocks, dude. <laughs> but really? finally, like they, they just lost interest eventually. But yeah. That was that was a fun wow. one, but I wow. got some pictures out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is not worth twenty bucks. <laughs> like, yeah, go. yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I knew they were harmless. Like they're, it's rare. Should have took jujitsu. I should have. I need to. <laughs> My buddy, my buddy does jujitsu, and like, he's been trying to get me on it. He was like, "I'll pay for a month." I'm like, "Yeah, but then I'll have to pay for it for the months afterwards because I know I'm gonna get hooked." You know, I know I'm gonna get hooked. Now we can we can edit this out, but I was looking at your uh, Facebook and just just scrolling, 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 and then there is um, uh, Yoro's chicken fighting ring. <laughs> so okay listen there's no real yoro's chicken fighting room but i did grow up 
going to chicken fights. You did? Since I was in, a kid. In Hawaii? Uh, I can't say Hawaii because it's illegal, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Not, not in Hawaii. Um, so culture-wise, it's yeah. a big sport in mm. the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And so my grandpa uh, was actually known on Kauai for having like one of the best uh, breeds and chickens um, on the island, actually. Wow. And um, as a kid, that's what like I grew up, you know, being like, oh, grand- you know, Tatakanjo or Tata, you know, um, they called them. Um, that's your grandpa. Like, yeah. And it's funny because, yes, I used to go to these illegal chicken fights, right? And um, mm-hmm. as a kid, and it's, I- I'm going to tell you, okay, it, as a kid, you're looking at this place and it's like a whole different community. Like, you had like, and this is like when I, back in like the 80s, but um, like, there were like tents in these like illegal chicken fights selling like food. And stuff like that, you know, before the fight started, right? Jeez. And, yeah, and it was, to, as a kid going there, you're like, this shit's cool, you know? And then you see the chicken fights. And so, like, for me, like, yes, I get it, yeah. Animal cruelty and stuff like that. Um, sure. But I was raised <laughs> around it, you know, like, yeah. Um, it was culture to me, you know? Like, mm. uh, this is this is something that they do in the Philippines, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so I, I grew up around, you know, like I, I, after school, feed the chickens, you know, I helped my, my grandpa, uh, spar them, you know, with little, and, and on their spurs, they, to practice with them, you'd actually put like these little boxing gloves that actually go what? on the spur. Yeah. So that they don't hit each other in the eye and shit. Oh it's actual boxing gloves. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so. It, it's a culture thing to me Interesting. like yeah it, it offensive to people yes but um you know go to philippines and you try telling them hey that shit's not right yeah right buddy well and i think i think yeah. that says something so much about culture is like we're all so different and what americans think is correct isn't necessarily correct like how do we know that that's mm-hmm. correct like the cultures are all different and uh, beautiful. Like, I really have no interest in going to a chicken fighting ring, but <laughs> it is interesting. Um, like, I don't even know what that would be. Like, is it, it's pretty messy, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it can <laughs> okay. be, yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> I won't get into it. Um, you know, your first podcast, and I don't want to start, like, yeah, we'll getting, scare like, off everybody. comments and all this yeah. shit. Yeah, no, let's, yeah, let's <laughs> Okay, well, we'll let's We'll save that conversation on. for in person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what brought you to film, then? That's an interesting question, and I kind of knew you were going to ask me that, actually. Um, so, I got into film a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 98, I think, you know, my very first film camera was, uh, the Canon Rebel 35 Ooh. TI, I think it was called. It was like the first, probably like one of the first automatic 35, um, consumer pro kind of thing, uh, yeah. camera. Um, and I took a class and, um, 
fast forward now um one night honestly instagram is what fucking got me back into it mm. so uh i would come home from work you know and i got off at four in the morning when i was doing blackjack and stuff and i was just scrolling through um instagram and two of my old classmates uh started posting holga camera shots mm-hmm. and i was like oh fuck, this is some cool shit and so um i started looking into it and you know like honestly like you get lost in these hashtags in my instagram right. and you start going through a whole rabbit hole of weird things and um i bought a holga camera i went to freaking urban outfitters or whatever i bought a holga camera <laughs> yeah uh bought 120 film and i think it was lomo as well um and then sent it to the lab to be mailed out and next thing you know it's fucking paying 16 dollars a roll i'm like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> and then i get it back and i'm like that's a waste of 16 bucks <laughs> and um <laughs> and so um i started just you know I, I come home before i sleep i go on instagram and look again and i've i found um aloha big mike and i don't mm-hmm. know if you know who that is mike caputo mm-hmm. Um, and his dark toilet and I, I followed him and next thing you know, I'm trying to develop my own black and white film again. Yeah. And so I bombard him with emails and shit and I'm like, fuck, this guy must fucking hate me because I keep asking him questions. Yeah. But yeah, totally opposite. So nicest guy ever gave me all the advice. I bought everything. I started doing stuff in my toilet too. And, um, (laughs) And one day he posts a picture of him, uh, his his portrait, and it said John Cannons, mm-hmm. and that's that's the rabbit hole that I fell in that you're in as well, and yeah, yeah now here we are, you know, freaking thousands of dollars later, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no and joke. lots of wasted film. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a waste. You learned something from it, I'm sure. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I have to tell myself that every time I get rolls back that I'm like, well, that was awful. Cool. (laughs) At least I learned something, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, you know what? I always keep that in the back of my head. I I keep thinking, okay, here's my workflow. I'm going to shoot the roll. I'm going to develop it. I'm going to make a contact sheet. I'm going to print it. I'm going to file it with my negative. Hell no. I got a fucking, like, here, watch this. <laughs> so happened, it's actually here. This is my workflow now. Oh, so yes. Just a That's box what it's been full of a mess. Yes. Yes. Just a and, box you know, of negatives. And I tell people, oh, yeah, you should try this workflow. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. I don't even practice what I preach. So <laughs> I want to. My intentions are yeah, great. You know? I, I really want to. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to organize yeah. my negatives. I had to. Um, uh, like this week I had to scan something for, uh, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I had to scan a negative and which meant I had to find the negative out of the giant pile. And no joke. It took me like two hours to find that one frame. And, uh, yeah, it was really frustrating. <laughs> so I should really, I should really get on that on organizing everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So, when did you leave Hawaii? So I left 
Hawaii in 05. So I just made 15 okay. years back in January. Just January is 15 years I've been here. Dang. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up there? Yeah. The thing ever. Yeah. Um, you miss yeah, it? Honestly, um, absolutely. Um, so there's takeaways, you know, to everywhere you live. But I am very fortunate and lucky to have been born and raised in Hawaii. Um, because, like I said, culture. Um, yeah. I wish my kids were raised in Hawaii and as, as kids, you know. Um, I think it's great because, see, I'm from Kauai. Mm-hmm. And honestly, best fucking island ever. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh, it's great outdoor stuff, you know, like, yeah. and that's what I love, you know, like, I love the island the island stuff and um coming here it was it was a culture shock but after being here for 15 years um having a special needs autistic daughter um i think being here is better because of the resources that are available not just in nevada but if i needed to i could drive or fly a lot cheaper than if I had to being stuck in Hawaii. For sure. Um, which, I mean, I've never had to, but at least it's there, you know, like if I need yeah. to go somewhere else. And um, plus the 24-hour access that you know we used to have before this whole apocalyptic crap happened. But, um, you know, having me to go, <laughs> hey, I want to go somewhere at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and it being available right I, I, yeah it's awesome but yeah yeah mm. yeah i've no, i've never been to hawaii i probably should go at some point um <clears throat> but also here here uh hawaiians really are uh at least native hawaiians are like tourists get out kind of kind of vibe a little bit which I'm not a typical uh, tourist. I don't think well, I would. It's not that uh, too, but you know what though? Like, you're right and you're wrong. Yeah. Um, because if I mean Hawaii is tourism industry, right? You know, and for sure, a lot of a lot of people work in the tourism industry. So, you know, those who uh, say that. Uh, well, you said Native Hawaiians. Yes, I can see that. Um, that there's a lot of, you know, um, hey Holly, go go back to where you're from. But I think that's just an image that hasn't been forgotten in a way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, with so much social media, um, you know, no one ever shows two sides of the coin. You know, right for sure. So, um, me, I love Hawaii, and um, I'd welcome people. Um, don't be a dick, you know. That's it. Don't be yeah. an asshole. You know, yeah. don't be a good human and respect culture when you get there. Like, yeah, yeah. The reason why that guy got his ass pounded was because he was on, you know, uh, protected land or you know, right, sacred land. Um, and you're going over there just for your social media picture, you know. Yes, it's offensive to them because you're not listening to the rules because you want that shot. You know what right. I mean? Like, but right. 
you know, you go in there and, you know, you ask for permission or, you know, you you respect the rules, then, you know, Hawaii is great just like any other place, you know? Yeah. Cool. That's good, man. Um, do you have a piece of, like, I don't know, like a, a book or workshop or piece of gear that you've purchased that has changed the way that you shoot? Mm, the first thing that probably um, changed the way I shoot is probably the Hasselblad mm. 503 CW. Um, only because, you know, hold a square frame, but when you, you know, like when I actually got it in my hand and I'm looking at it, it, it obviously it's mirrored, you know, it's backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a trip took me a while to get used to but um the one rule that probably i shoot most of my shots with is like the rule of thirds and mine's my focusing screen has the grid and my screen's from bill maxwell Mm -hmm. his freaking screens are awesome by the way and uh i don't know if you do plugs or whatever oh sure yeah but um, we'll put it in the show notes (laughs) his screens are so damn bright um and when I got the Hasselblad, um, it came with like four different screens, actually. So yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. And I, I sold them all, but because <laughs> I got so, the Bill Maxwell. I was, I'm just trying to think of like for someone that is maybe new to film, why is that important to have a bright screen? Oh, I got bad eyes, bro. I can't focus. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, it helps. Also in darker, you know, like darker areas, right? Uh, to have that bright screen is always an advantage. Um, For sure. A lot of my shots, ever since getting a brighter screen, um, were in focus. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I didn't even realize that there was like a little pop-out diopter thing that <laughs> you could actually use for more focusing. <laughs> so I learned that later, and I'm like, holy shit. Now my shots are actually sharp, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Crazy. important. Yeah, so yeah, it's just that I I just recently got into uh, I got a Yashica TLR, and so like it was I've only really shot like rangefinders and SLRs, and so I um went into that world uh, maybe like a year ago, dude. It, you're no no joke like it changes so much how you shoot and like how you see a scene and like uh, yeah it's really mm-hmm. interesting i i love my house abroad um it's like my mistress i say like, <laughs> that, that thing's like right now actually i have i have it loaded in my bag um and i got two film bags One's black and white, one's color. And that's the beauty about these things. Like for me, mm. anyway, the Hasselblad yeah. is changeable film back. So I can carry two rolls and just swap them in and out if I wanted to. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, in- instead of carrying two cameras. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the only thing is, is like a lot of people like certain things on their focusing screen. Like some people mm. like the split prism. Some people right. like blank at all. Like yeah. nothing on it. Um, I actually asked Bill Maxwell to put the rule of thirds on it because, like, I love that rule. Um, 
and that's probably the only thing that probably stick sticks in my head when I shoot stuff is is it within the rules of third I don't know why but that's just how I've been shooting stuff and so like a lot of my shots are like off centered sure kind of stay yeah, yeah. that line yeah. yeah it's helpful to have that grid um I let's see what camera has that I think my Pentax has that um the grid mm-hmm. and like that was the first time I'd ever shot with a grid and I was like oh this is this is kind of helpful um yeah it's it's interesting it, it that also changes the way that you shoot too because you're you're way more aware of lines um which which is yeah. good for like i don't know i'm not a very technical shooter um and so i think um i was talking with um a buddy of mine yeah <laughs> I, I was talking with a buddy of mine that i i mentioned that i had a grid and he was like that's so weird that you have a grid because like your work doesn't say that you have a grid. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but he was just saying, like, I'm, I'm I'm way more artistic than, like, you know, architectural, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. And, like, I, I take a lot of freedoms with um, just bending all of the rules and really not really paying attention to them. But, um, yeah, but the, the grid is nice. It's It's the rules are there to help and, like, Correct. Uh, yeah. And are meant to be broken as well. For sure, right? Like right now I'm practicing, I think, um, positive and negative space. I'm trying that out. Mm-hmm. And foreground, background stuff. Uh, yeah. I tried leading lines. Fuck, I suck at that shit. <laughs> if you're not near a railroad track, it's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, one thing that I really want to do when I go back home is take my uh Nikonos v and mm-hmm. if i do get to visit my in-laws um my caputo a little big mike is actually there so i'd love to go and shoot with him you know some surfing shots or whatever and then yeah. use his dark room you know so yeah be dope. Mm-hmm. awesome yeah. it's always it's always i think that's probably why we have um gas or gear acquisition syndrome is because each new piece of gear like adds a little um adds a adds a little like either complexity or like a problem to solve or just like gives us a new like lens to look or literally a, a new lens will give us <laughs> new sight into mm-hmm. what scenes are and like so i'm i'm guilty of being addicted to like oh let's let's get one more and let's see how i look through this one you know I, so, I try keeping that rule of one in, one out. Um, oh, but then again, uh-huh. I, only, I only have, I only have five cameras. Like, I know some people that have, like, shelves of these cameras. Like, I try to keep the yeah. ones that I really want to shoot only. Yeah. Um, I am not, I am not a technical guy either. As, even though, like, people say, but you're in IT, you don't care for no, I'm not a gearhead, you know, like I buy the gear that I think is worth the money, but yet not poor quality either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to shoot any, anything and, and whatever. And just, that's the thing like with me, I think is my problem is like, it's never about like being the best or being number one in anything i just want to have fun so like if i play sports or if i mm. go shooting around it's 
the intention is to just hang out with people that I'm doing. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, be in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. that's good, man. Um, so, like, I'm sure you're inspired by photographers, but do you have inspiration from outside of your medium that, like, affect your shooting? Yeah, well, okay, so, like, I love uh, graphic design and, like, urban streetwear stuff. Um, so, like, a couple people that, like, I love following their work is a uh, Canadian um, tagging uh, group. It's called 123 Clan. Um, their work is amazing. Um, but Benny Gold, uh, I love his brand. And uh, his his graphic design work is freaking amazing to me. Mm. Um, and as far as photographers, uh, there's a lot of them, but uh, Esteban Corio um, is one of my favorite artists. Um, I've been wanting to check out also, um, oh my God, Contra, no, what was that? Oh my God. I'm going to shoot myself after this. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. I'll give it to you later. But uh, it's, they do like free galleries of like old hip hop. Oh, interesting. Yeah, bro. I like it. Dope, actually. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, I mean. Hmm? You're a hip hop head? I love hip hop. Uh, I used to be boy. Yeah. So. No way. Um, yeah, I love uh I actually still try it once in a great while uh, until I probably get close to popping that shoulder off again and then I stop. <laughs> um, so that's the cool thing though. Like, I we, we gave our daughter options because she likes both of them too, actually. She, uh -huh. We asked her, you want to take jujitsu? You want to take, you know, dance? And either way, I would have been stoked on either one because I used to be boy. But like, so like Super Crew, honestly, one of the fucking baddest crews out there, in my opinion. Um, is super crew. Um, hey. I, I love their stuff. Uh, I've been to the Jabberwocky show twice. Um, but yeah, dancing is, I don't know, I just enjoy watching it. Now, you tell me to interpret crap and all that shit. No, I don't know anything <laughs> about interpreting dance, bro. I just like visually seeing stuff, you know, like, and I respect all different forms of dancing, even if it's weird. I sure. took modern dance back in college, one yeah, class. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to be like the start of my dance career, but not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love hip hop. Uh, so one of my things that I really wanted to try and do is uh, look books uh -huh. for brands, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, like Benny, that guy Benny Gold, you know, he used to do look books and a lot of brands do it. And I think it's cool that, you know, you create this theme you create this natural flow while the product is still in there and you're still i like the the mind game of it of you know taking these natural photos of like let's say you take all these products and you're making you know a scene of hanging out at on a bonfire but all these brands are all in there yeah yeah you know, that you're plugging in i, I like that stuff um, mm. i think that's one thing that i want to get into yeah um, but yeah why you like hip hop? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I like hip hop a lot. Uh, um, my um, my dad, he he used to be boy, and um, in like you know small town Texas, so like he was clearly great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I remember he. I don't know. I like he he has a a, a real bad back, and so I uh, I only have vague memories of him whenever he was like you know twenty nine or whatever like spinning. I was like, oh man, that's so cool. But um, yeah, he he was really big into Sugar Hill Gang. Okay, which is like old school. <laughs> <laughs> like listen, anytime the cleanest hear... <laughs> the cleanest hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm a big fan of hip hop. Um everywhere. Everything from old school stuff. Like I like Sugar Hill Gang, it's fine. It's kind of brings back some memories from you know, whenever my dad would play it every five years or whatever. And then um, you know, like even in like chance, I like I like chance a lot. Um I try getting into the new stuff, bro. I really did. Yeah. I really did. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I did. Like I tried. I tried. Like so like it's great that the mumble stuff is going away. Oh, for and, sure. And different stuff is coming up, but like that just ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. Like what yeah. Is that? yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like now like, yeah, now it's coming out to different like it's toning it down a little bit and so like, yeah. I'll put up with like like post Malone stuff and all that stuff. Like that's cool, Meh. but yeah, when that thing came out and I'm like, what the fuck? I think I think what I like I like about Chance is his, like he just he just talks about life, and like so much of hip hop and rap has been like, kind of like, showboating a little bit and like you know showing off, and he's just like. I'm going through a divorce. Like, you know, like he like talks about real stuff and and isn't like I got cocaine in my trunk and you know, whatever. Um, which I like those songs too. <laughs> <laughs> like I love Pusha T. <laughs> yeah. Um what did uh did you listen to uh Kanye's gospel album? No. He, is he considered new hip hop for you? What's what's no, like? He's considered he's considered hip hop. Okay. Um, because he came out. Yeah. Back in ninety, I want to say ninety what eight ninety seven. Yeah, around there. I think. Yeah, but no, I mean, so I just like listening to music. Like honestly, uh, apologies, because I don't like. My friends are like huge like audio heads like they they are huge on like you know they were the ones that had the hundred CD book back in the days and yeah yeah you know they that was me. they memorize all these lyrics all of these artists and and stuff I never got into it like mm-hmm. that uh, I just like listening to good music um, yeah reggae I'll listen to some country <clears throat> um, I like hip hop a lot. Um, like visionaries and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, one of like the the album that really really got me into hip hop was Black Star, 
with Mostef and Quali. That mm. was like, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was just something so magical about that album to me. And that, 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 man. Oh yeah, though. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All I need when that video came out, I was like, what is this shit? But yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not like a full on audio head where I memorize lyrics and all that stuff. Oh, don't apologize. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't even quote movies like everybody does. <laughs> like, it's, that's a thing. Like, I didn't know that's a thing. Yeah, that's that's for people like uh, me and my brother that didn't have much of a social life growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just grew up playing dirt. <laughs> just dirt. just playing dirt. <laughs> how does that how does that game played? <laughs> <laughs> Open your mouth, bro. Oh wait. <laughs> ah, that's how they so <laughs> they cut that shit out. <laughs> um do you have a uh, a habit that's weird or unusual or like a thing that's uh just absurd that you love? I don't know what I do that would be off um you know i, I think... try looking around i try going around my day and i'm like Fuck, i don't do it i'm boring bro. <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, I, I was talking to my wife about that because um just talking through like some questions that i wanted to ask and that was one of them and i asked her what she thought like what is her like absurd thing that she does she's like i don't have any absurd things do I? I was like, um, yeah, you got a couple. <laughs> that's the thing, though. But, that's what I was thinking about, too, though, is that's a question for someone else to answer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because because it's normal to you. Like, it's not. Yes. If, if nobody yeah. points out that it's absurd or like, like, she will not. Her thing is she will not uh, go barefoot in the house. Because she doesn't like dirt getting on the bottom of her feet, so she wears socks all the time. That's oh, okay. abs- that's absurd to me, because it's like, what? It doesn't bother like dirt on the bottom of her feet doesn't bother me. But she's like a crunchy hippie, you know. <laughs> so like it's it's this wi- <laughs> like it doesn't make sense about her, <laughs> but that's that's it's her a sensory product. issue, bro. She yeah. doesn't want dirt on her feet. Yeah, I get but it. But it's okay for the dirt to be in the sock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't think of any. And you know what? You would have to ask someone else, honestly. I can't answer. Like, I don't know what I do. I mean, like, if it was obvious where, you know, oh, I gotta go, you know, take a booger out or something out of my nose every morning or something before I do something, then yes, obviously, that's a bad habit. Or have that's what you do every habit. morning? No. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. No. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mentioned it earlier, but like how having a kid and getting married uh, kind of kills your selfishness and your, I don't know. Uh, how has, how has having a kid, um, kids, uh, changed your perspective on life and um you know impacted either either your art or you know just your life in general i can just say life in general um 
and you and other people know I have a special needs daughter um, and I have a normal kid and um, life changed when we found out she was autistic mm. um, and that changed a lot of things um, uh, just back in that that time i think one in every 1200 kids had autism and um when we found out you know at first we were kind of pissed off when the doctor suggested it and as because as parents you know when you first hear that you're like what are you talking about you right know, you're in denial yeah and so um but you know things started to fit when we read up on it and so yeah we were like okay let's go get her tested mm-hmm. and um you know they observed her for over a year i think i'm not sure um but you know they didn't just diagnose her right away um they took the time and yeah they said she fits the symptoms or the the traits of autism and mm-hmm. so we think she is and started therapy and stuff but um yeah you know what um it's hard um having a special needs kid um a lot of self-learning about yourself um and honestly um having my wife um help me or be you know like a team that we are um Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that shit on my own, honestly. Mm. Like, it's fucking hard. Um, mm. Just so... I was I was fucking a young, immature fucking kid um, in Hawaii when I had her. And people might say, you know, like, you're a great dad and stuff like that. Like, honestly, like, I think sometimes, like, I look back and I'm like, fuck, I was a... I was a bad dad sometimes. I, that, you know, that's just me, though, but... um. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anything we had to for my daughter, you know, like yeah. therapy and stuff like that. Um, and it's like I said with my wife, like if I can't handle it, she'd come in. If mm-hmm. she can't handle it, I'd come in. And so yeah. um, that's where that that teamwork just is is so much, you know, the support Crucial. system. Um, yeah. And uh, now that we're here in Vegas and she's almost 18 i'm gonna tell you this right now it's been one of the roughest times ever since we've mm-hmm. had it um it's it's gotten really bad like this quarantine stuff has um changed your routine and it has nearly it it broke me one night um where i just broke down um the room i didn't want my other daughter to see Mm. um or anybody to see but yeah i mean like she had a meltdown in the in the tub and um the thing is is she's 18 now she okay so special needs kids special needs child and adult Mm -hmm. as a special needs child restraining a child is a lot easier right um you know you can you can compress them or hold Mm -hmm. them down um a fighting 18-year-old yeah. 
with the fear of now that there is that extra force of resistance, um, yeah. uh, you're worried like where you hold her because you hold her certain spots and she pushes you and she could pop a shoulder out because right. she's putting all that force into it right the wrist or any stuff like that and um mm. so she had a meltdown in the tub and you know like i got like scratches and stuff like like mm. you know like um and if it wasn't for the shower you know like getting wet it and slipping off like i would have had like a lot more scratches but um mm. when when that was happening just seeing my youngest daughter and bless her soul because she goes through this every day mm. and she understands the situation that we're in and she doesn't ask for anything you know she doesn't get when she gets mad we tell her you know let us know you know it's okay to get frustrated you know Just don't hold it in right better to let it out than to hold all this anger in and you might hate her later you know what i mean so, right um but she yeah she's she's a great help for us um but just seeing her go through it fucking sucked mm. um and without my daughter having that routine of going to school now honestly my wife go dealing with it for 24 hours a day you know yeah. what i mean yeah i have it honestly i have it easy um you know i go to work you know yeah great i'm the sole provider who gives a shit you know like she has she deals with this 24 hours a day you know yeah i go to work and that's my you know that's my disconnect you know mm -hmm. and i come back and i do what i can but i wasn't here for 12 hours so mm -hmm. uh, venting and stressing and sometimes even even having to say i'm done sometimes is okay because we know that we don't mean it as parents that we're done it's right. just autism can kiss my ass and fucking take a back seat sometimes you know like fuck this you yeah. know like mm. it's good to like let it out and some people will never fucking understand that that just saying the things out loud just to get it off your chest is is what you need you know yeah um but it's changed my life um and it, it it's it's hard having we we planned our our youngest one and mm. we were prepared if she was also special needs mm. and autistic or whatever but um you know lucky she's not but fuck it's like being a brand new parent bro like mm. having having a special needs kid we've learned to deal with for so long oh. a normal kid and you're like when the fuck do these kids talk back <laughs> like, <laughs> we we i never like people's normal is not my normal i'm like mm. what the fuck <laughs> I can't handle this. Yeah. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. So when when we have um when we have foster kids, it's it's really because they take so much attention, I feel like I'm almost neglecting my bio kids sometimes. And like do you do you struggle with having that balance of like taking care but also giving special attention to your youngest? Oh yeah, um, the balance, uh, it, dude. We are the greatest jugglers, you know. Right. Like you, you know, that's that's the game. Is 
balancing. But you know, like, um, yes, we we pay attention to the special, you know, Misa, um, which is my autistic daughter. Um, but she gets it because we also have our time with her. You know, we go to jits. Um, right. We spend. We help her with her homework. Uh, she does her drawing. Play video games sometimes. Yeah. The other. Um, so yeah, I mean, she understands. Like she goes in my. Like I stay home with uh, Nisa uh, while my wife and my youngest daughter go out. You know, they go mm-hmm. on the weekend. Like I let them go uh, to get out. And I'll stay home with the kids because I got to do home stuff anyway. But it's also their chance to um, just relax. You know? Yeah. Because being home is is um, is a lot of work. Um, so, yeah, we try to find the balance. Um, I think that's the, the biggest challenge, right, is balancing everything and not making someone feel like they're less work than the others. So. For sure. Yeah. That's That's good, man. Well, it's not easy, huh? But it it makes you a better person, right? Like 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 you said, like you were a piece of shit. Maybe you didn't say that. Maybe I'm putting that on you. <laughs> but no, you were you were just like you weren't an awesome dude. And then and then you had you had your kiddo and then it's just it's hard and it molds you and it shapes you and in, into a a kinder, more thoughtful person. That did, yes. Um, and what also changed me to make a complete U-turn was losing my dad. Mm. He was murdered back in 04. Oh my December, gosh. Which is a month before we moved here. Um, so that changed my life um, in a way. Like, I'm sure it changed my sister, my mom, and family and friends' lives uh, their own way. But for me, like, I... Jeez, dude. When that happened, I grew up. Like, that That just fucking hit me. Like, yeah, I gotta fucking step up now, you know? Like... My gosh. I gotta make, I gotta make him proud. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, now, my life is lived as to make my family and friends you know proud of me but also like i'm doing it to make him proud it's crazy like even yeah. though they're gone you know like you got to make them proud now and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dang <laughs> that's brutal <laughs> this is where you cut out the intermission this yeah you cut for out the sure intermission. yeah yeah we'll be right back after these few I'm, words i might go i'm gonna go pee real quick actually <laughs> you want me to help no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying every Filipino eats dog. No, but some Just some of them do. Some, some, yeah. Some of them. For sure. Why Otherwise, fucking, it wouldn't be a why? stereotype. Yeah, it's some like, people eat fucking ostrich and think mm-hmm. that it's okay. I recently, um, <laughs> I heard a stereotype of white people um, that like. Is there such a thing? There apparently is, um, like, uh, like we'll we'll put salt on our food and go, oh, it's so spicy, um, <laughs> which is a really good one. <laughs> and then the other one was that we smell like dog whenever we get wet. I was like, 
I don't know where these are coming from. I mean, it might be true. <laughs> but um, I don't think I smell like dog. <laughs> I'm a white man. <laughs> You're Sasquatch, right? I'm Sasquatch, man. Yeah. A Sasquatch definitely smells like dog sometimes, though. A wet dog, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like my dog, yes. <laughs> my two dogs are named after video game characters. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My oldest one is Yoshi. Uh-huh. And then my younger one is Akuma. Akuma. I don't know that one. Street Fighter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm the baddest character in the game bro <laughs> do you video game um i used to be really into it um so uh i'm 30 so um fuck i'm old <laughs> God damn, I, really? I say this to because it, it will make sense like the era so whenever i was in high school i played a lot of um halo um on like xbox and then mm-hmm. Halo 2 came out, and then you, you could play online with people, and that was like a game changer, right? So then there was like Halo tournaments and big, like that was a hot game at the time. And um, so I spent way too much time, like I really wish I would have focused my time on something useful, but I um, I got really into it. Like, not use like, it, video games can be useful, like, in calming or, like, just, like, relaxing and whatnot. I still enjoy playing video games, but um, the amount of time that I was putting into this game was ridiculous. Um, well, and I, mean, I, I got into, like, tournaments and, like, playing tournaments. And uh, one time uh, we, we played a tournament at a theater. And so you know you'd you'd advance and on smaller screens and then finally at the like the end the the top two teams they each had a Mm -hmm. screen to themselves and so i was in the top two and that was so much fun like it was like the the biggest screen i've ever played on it was so cool (laughs) freaking awesome see that's the thing though like video games can be awesome but if you play games like puzzle games you know it creates it it enforces the thinking you know right tomb raider or right Final fantasy or something but if you're just going on run and gun first person shooter that's a different story you know what i mean i agree yeah, yeah. totally agree um and yeah it wasn't i think i mean i never really um shot many guns before then and then uh now like uh, i hunt occasionally um uh, which is surprising probably to some people, but, um, uh, but I, I got the hair for it. Oh, thanks. Oh boy. I'm going (laughs) to shave it off as soon as we're done. (laughs) You're saying I look like a redneck. (laughs) Yes. Okay. hundred percent. Cool. Um, but, I, I attribute I attribute those years of playing Halo to uh, my decent aim at uh, at hunting, which is interesting. <laughs> so you you're you got good at shooting real life gun because of Halo? Is that what you're saying? Uh, possibly. That makes sense. Like 
I rarely miss. You're like, quick snipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No scope. <laughs> <laughs> no, sc- no scope, quick snipe, bro. What's up? 100 meters. <laughs> Bagged him. Got that deer. Well, like in the last five years, have you had like a change in belief or a behavior or habit that is improved or like impacted your life in a positive way? Uh, well, I mean, like if we were to talk about impact, um, three major impacts. Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot of impact in my life that has, you know, happened in my life. Um, like I said, another thing with my dad was the one um, yeah. and that was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, having my daughter, um, definitely, um, my uh, both of them. Um, but um, me, actually, uh, I'm actually very fortunate to um, got a job with the city. Mm. Um, and that changed. Um because uh, I would have been impacted if I still was in the casino industry. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like during this time? Yeah, like I just, yeah. I only started working at, for the city like four, almost five years ago. But mm. um, yeah, being in the tipping industry is not an easy life for a family. No. Um, very inconsistent paycheck. Um, but you know what though? Like, some of the kindest people I have ever worked with. Um, and we go about our day um, never thinking that one's better than the other. You know, we're all here to make that dollar kind of mentality. Um, you know, because I've worked in places where fucking job titles get in the way, you know. Ego mm. gets in the way. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm this title. That's not in my, you know, job or whatever. And it's like, bro, so just... If it fucking doesn't take two seconds to help somebody, why don't you do it? You yeah. Know what I mean? like, right. Yeah. Not 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 a lot of things anymore like has impacted me the way other things have. Like I mentioned, um, my life's pretty boring, bro. <laughs> so, That's you know, good. Ask me to <laughs> to be a guest. I'm like, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I'll do it. Fuck yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it goes back to what I said. It's like you are, like, the, there's a reason why you're on. It's not, it's not because you're like some, you know, Jose Villa, you know, perfect, perfect photographer that everybody wants to be like, right? But you are, you're, you're the embodiment of the film community to me, and you're like kind and generous and, um, like welcoming, and you're crying now. Which is great. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I mean, and like I, I said, though, I, if I, I wasn't, I, huh? No, and I think I think that uh, it's like a misconception that we have to have an interesting or like a thrilling life for it to be worthwhile. But like a simple and quiet life is so much like it's peaceful. It's like even you can find beauty in the routine and the mundane and that's that's what i love and like that's what i try to document the most is like the mundane and the the 
honestly boring day-to-day life because there is beauty to be found in that um but we just overlook it you know are you printing your work yes um i need to print way more yeah you know what's funny is like i love photography and i'm looking at my house and i'm like fuck it's empty on photos (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like what i did i went out to goodwill Mm -hmm. and i set out and bought all the frames that i i liked um and i some i bought for the glass because i was gonna make my own frames cool um but for the most part like yeah most of them are just for the glass or if i could find like a dollar frames that had the mat boards yeah um but yeah so i set out to goodwill and because that's the one place we go a lot um and i bought like maybe i think i have like 12 in my garage right now uh ranging from you know eight by ten to small square ones um but uh i'm gonna sand them down um clean the glass and then make my own mat boards um and then just repurpose them and put them up on the wall now because i have all this ink that i just bought so i'm pretty stoked that's awesome yeah we i don't we have quite a few of my my pieces on the wall um but I, I basically everything that I have printed is hanging up. Um, I don't have like a box of stuff, um, which mm. honestly I would love to have a box of stuff because especially with kids, it's like we, we do have like a couple of photo books and like the kids love to flip through them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I need to get yeah, on the that's printing the thing, game. Though. Like, so I see like the groups that. I started following like they post like a lot of nice um you know photo boxes and photo and then I, I go to WPPN I'm like holy shit they're like thirty dollars a book or a hundred dollars a book yeah and I'm like yeah see that's why like now WPPI I don't really seem like it's for me because it's nice to see and when you want to get it they're like I for, I keep forgetting they're for businesses so they're yeah high quality stuff and i'm like yeah this is just for me you know so like i now i go to michael's and i see the like you said the flip book and they're like two bucks and then you get the 40 percent off coupon even better you know so <laughs> um so yeah like it's fun though like i got my router table i have a router i got some bits i'm gonna start making frames no way i got the yeah i got i got a mat board that can uh cutter um and just some cheap ass fucking foam core and just make my own stuff yeah that's awesome i mean that's all it is like yeah that's something that my wife and i talk about a lot is that like sometimes we feel like our life isn't as like thrilling as we would like it to be like we would love to turn the bus that we're in right now or i'm in right now into like well, maybe not this one, but we would like to travel and like do a lot more traveling because that sounds interesting to us. And like, but at the same time, like if we traveled, we couldn't foster. And if we, um, I don't know, so it just like adds uh, another element to things. And uh, I don't know. There's like there's a there's a tension between having 
the interesting life that you want and then the simple and quiet life that is probably more profitable for you as a person. Um, and I, and we're also like constantly indoctrinated by people that are like just showboating on Instagram, how awesome their life is, you know? Yeah. So, and yeah, you don't have to have an interest, like a, um, you know, you don't have to be the end all be all to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people like in our, like in the group we're in, Mm -hmm. yeah, call it a plug or whatnot. But honestly, being in that group is fucking amazing, actually. Mm hmm. Find it in a box group. Yeah. Um, It's, it's the best um, place on the internet for sure. It is um, because people just get it and um, no one, like, there's no ego. I don't think there is anyway. Um, People are very supportive and, um, you know, I don't have, uh, like, my personal friends aren't into photography like Mm -hmm. I am. Um, but they also let me take photos if I want to and stuff like that, which is cool. Good. Yeah. Um, but the, like having a group that actually like, you know, you can go to, to, you know, uh, get all that feedback and, um, like me, I'm still learning. So, um, to, to have access to all these professional photographers, um, mm. is, is freaking awesome um and you know what's funny is like so i i went to wppi with um with Kristen k she's in our group mm-hmm. and she used to live in vegas and uh funny stories like so we're i think it was a couple of years ago the two wppis before but there were people that were doing like um they use my photo right they use one of my photos for fuji film film walk right i remember that yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, and so we did the walk. We're at a bar, and then Kristen was like, "Do you know who this is?" I'm like, "No, who's that guy?" <laughs> She's all like, "That's her. Uh, that's Eric McVeigh. <laughs> His wife is the one that used your photo." And I'm like, "Okay, but who's that guy?" <laughs> you know? And <laughs> she's like, "Oh my god!" And he's, I'm like, "I don't know these people," yeah. and um. The only the only famous I, I told her I mean, the only famous photographers I know is like you and and uh, at that time I think uh, William Trang I think was there too. Uh-huh. And I go, you guys are the two uh, most known photographers I know at this moment right now. And then she goes, <laughs> you don't know him either. I go, no, who's that? Oh, Dan Rubin. And I go, who's that guy? So I started looking him up. I go, yeah. God damn, this guy's got like a million fucking followers. <laughs> she goes, I know, right? I go, God damn. So then I was like, all right, let's go take a selfie with him just so that <laughs> I can say I took pictures with a famous dude. <laughs> He's actually a cool dude, though. Like, very cool guy. Yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but that that's like such a, because it's such a blessing to not know them. I, I experienced that because it is. It is. I, I've been doing hybrid for um, which is like for uh, film and digital shooters. It's a, a, a collective where the, you go and learn and do all this stuff. Um, 
And um, they have a bunch of workshops and all that jazz, you know, but maybe someone listening doesn't. But um, and so I like run AV for them. And uh, like, I don't know if these people like oftentimes I don't know many of the speakers like I met uh, Daniel Kim and like I didn't know who he was. And but then like after his talk, I was like, it's amazing. But like it's such a blessing because I don't. I don't know them. So I just treat them like a human instead of like fanboying out. Right. Which is so important. Like they're, they're just a human. They're just people. And like, uh, I mean, whenever I first met John Canlis, I was like pretty nervous because he was like, he was like, he was like the only film photographer that was like way up here, like way, way up there. And I was so nervous to talk to him. And then like, He's just a dude and he's great. He's like, he's a solid dude and I love hanging out with him now. Um, but like if you treat people like humans instead of like up on the pedestal, then, you know, and maybe they don't treat you nicely in return, but you know, if that's the case, screw them. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. You, you know what? Like, so, uh, John, uh, was coming here for I think it was uh, the final game or like a exhibition game between uh, Kahuku, mm-hmm. which is who he used to you know photograph yeah. back when he was in Hawaii, and they were playing Bishop Gorman, which is like one of the top schools in the nation. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we planned it. You know, he's coming over for a barbecue, and I had all my gear and all this shit ready, and then next thing you know. Not one talk about anything photography. Right. Um, yeah, we're just talking stories. Uh, yeah, he saw my gear, whatever, but we're just hanging out. And, um, you know, it's crazy, though. Like, we're talking stories, and we're hanging out, and I'm barbecuing in the backyard. And he can't help himself. Like, it's it's his nature. He mm-hmm. popped out a camera, yep. and he's all like, hey, Ryan, go 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 grab your daughter and hold her. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's... And it's it's amazing, like you're watching these people in their element, and they're so natural at it. And that's why, like, mm-hmm. I I just realized to myself, like, I work a full time job, and you know, like, trying to do that. Yeah, if I could dedicate time to like mastering that craft, maybe I could, maybe I couldn't. Mm-hmm. But just to see them like working that element, um, but at the same time, they're just normal people, like. Um, yeah. Who did I meet as well? Like, um, Ashley Crawford. Mm -hmm. She was, she's she's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to WPPI and, um, she needed a ride. Yeah. Like, I'm going to WPPI. I can give you a ride, you know? Like, but it's Ashley freaking Crawford. (laughs) You know, like, she's, Uh, to me, that's famous, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And so, because who, who like, outside of our industry, who knows who she is? Honestly. Or, like, outside of our industry, who knows who John Canlis is? It's, like, it's so, you know, it's subjective it, how how I famous these people are, her. right? Yeah. I was fanboying. I'm like, holy shit. Is that <laughs> freaking crazy. And same thing, like, when I met everybody in the group, like, holy shit, I get to meet you in person, you know? Like, because everybody's work is, like, fucking amazing, you know? Like, 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm probably butchering people's names, but like uh, Kiana, uh, I think it's Kiana Photography. Hmm. Um, every time she um, posts stuff, I know it's her work without even looking at her account. Yeah. Um, Charlene, Charlene Hardy, um, her fucking amazing black and white photography uh yeah. and she's so knowledgeable and she's so cool and i met her it that's see like being in the find in the box group yeah um it's it's freaking what happened to a video oh it's so awesome like to actually meet them in person like i try to make it a point to like take pictures of with people with, with the people i get to meet from the group it's such an amazing group yeah but normal people yeah. At the end of the yeah, day, just just normals, just a bunch of normals. Mm -hmm. When you, when you look at great work of art, like I love Da Vinci. I think like he's kind of my um, I don't know. He's my guide for all things. Your spirit animal. Yeah, he's my spirit artist. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I don't know, he's just he's a Renaissance man, and like I I have trouble uh, narrowing down my focus like i love writing i love photography i love music i'm like kind of all over the place a little bit and i'm like handy so i like always have to have a project um and i've always been told that you know i i have to like niche down niche down like just pick one but he didn't like da vinci didn't and so like i that's i'm like a big fan of him so you look at like his work or like any of the past masters of photography and you look at their stuff and you're just like, what am I doing? Like it's either you, you get inspiration from them or you look at it and go, well, I'm never going to do that. Like I can't, I can't get to that level. So why even try? Um, and it's such a, such a tricky, tricky field to navigate because you want to be inspired, but then you're like, uh, now now i'm just depressed <laughs> like i look at i agree like i look at and don't mind me but like i only pretty much like know people's work that's within that film group. i should explore more but like robert Gaines the second his freaking black and white photography is like amazing the way he captures his family is amazing yeah. like yeah. I, I i i agree that, that stuff that stuff is like damn bro next level shit yeah but um yeah and I, he's not professional right? i don't think so you know yeah, yeah I, think I think he's just he, documenting his family yeah and i'm like fuck that's the that's where i want to get to yeah and then there's other people in the group that like are so knowledgeable with gear and i'm like fuck i feel stupid talking this like <laughs> like i know nothing about what they're talking about i have all this equipment and i know nothing of what's going on yeah like sometimes i just stay quiet and just like yeah, i'm so <laughs> stupid if i even say something so i just picked up um leah's uh 50 zeiss zf2 oh yeah and uh man that's I had it before, sold it, uh, but I got it back again, and I'm, I'm so happy. Like that's the only thing that's on my lens. But before that, I had the regular, uh, came what, the 50 1.4 AIS, mm -hmm. pre pre AIS, 
that yeah. thing man that thing is so like those lenses are so fast though like if you need it to focus real quick for sure the throw yeah. the, the throw on them like yeah i keep forgetting like it's not like the hasselblad the hasselblad throw mm. um and that's the only experience i'm speaking through experienced people who are listening the hasselblad uh v system cameras are not good for uh weddings or lifestyle in my opinion because the throw is so slow oh um, if you were doing like studio or you know like just home or wherever street streets are excellent but if you're looking for like a fast-paced lens yeah good luck with that not on those like but these pre-ais ones man those things are just yeah so quick yeah, yeah. they're loosey goosey mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> yeah yeah like that's yeah. like a hairy trigger but yeah. and well and like i feel like they're just so underrated too like just because they're cheap i think people are like eh but dude they're great some of my photos are like god damn like yeah oh so which screen do you have the default one the the one that came with it the Mm, focus screen yeah i think so or did you put a different one i'm i'm gonna put a different one in there like an e3 i think or i can't remember is that the one that is plain no no split prism yeah Okay, because the one that I have has split prism, right? The ones come with it? Yeah, yep. Okay. Hey, I like it. I'm blind as shit, so I need those lines to line up. So <laughs> it works for me. Yeah, I, I don't know how, like, like people, like John, he's like, oh, I, I can't do with split prism. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I, I can't do without it. <laughs> yeah, I, I typically don't use it... Um... Because I'm typically not focusing like on center anyway, so like I, I frame my shot and then focus, and, and instead of like oh, focusing on I my focus subject. And frame, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which. And yeah, I need the lines. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's all right. They're they're all <laughs> that's why there's so many different ones. It's tools for different different strokes for different folks. Uh, I do want to I do want to talk about your lab. Um, I know, I know that it's not. You you said before we started recording that it's like it's not a real lab, but I think it. it uh, yeah. So you started this thing, and like f- giving people the ability to like develop film for cheap because shooting film is expensive, especially whenever you're getting into it. You don't want to spend like, you know, twenty five dollars a roll on some black and white that you're going to send to the lab. Like that can get expensive because you already paid like five or six dollars for the roll. So then you're you're like 30 bucks. Um, so I think I think it's such a a generous thing that you're doing of like. It's not for pros, it's just for people that, you know, in your area exactly. that want to shoot film that that need an alternative to like the the bigger names in the labs correct so um my whole approach when it started was exactly what you said so um i had all this equipment and you know i just wanted to share it somehow um but at the same time it's not fucking cheap for chemicals like chemicals were expensive to get so um so you know i just made a small price guide and i even made disclaimers to whoever wanted to use me to develop i said hey this isn't a pro lab um and i actually made suggestions like if you want professional you know um 
stuff like professional work that you shot like a a styled shoot or product shooting or something and you need these quality um then by all means go to photoshack which is a, a local vegas um, lab here so okay. go to photoshack they're they're great people i used to use them before i bought my equipment um fantastic people um go to find Lab. go to goodman film Lab. you know richards you know all them go to them but if you just want like you know you bought a, a disposable and you just want it scanned and printed like a old school one hour photo lab by all means here's my price if yeah. it's affordable for you and you want to just go with that then go for it you know what i mean and and then next thing you know um a few of them i made friends like that film walk they're all friends now you know like mm. um and and it's great because Kristen k um has helped me a lot with hosting a few of the walks um and she's gonna actually be my next guest speaker for uh doing portraits on her street walk nice um, she volunteered to do that because the first one was just hey i got a bunch of expired 400 vc 220 that i gotta steal for you guys have been low you know loyal to me uh this is my way of giving back so i gave everybody uh two or three rolls of 220 expired film and said hey fuck it let's go to town have fun whatever you shoot with the roll i gave you yeah i'll develop and scan for free nice you want prints five bucks for a yeah. set um so we went to town, no direction, just went around the sh uh, downtown Vegas and just started shooting whatever. And it was awesome, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just a small group of five or six people that have used me. And that was just my way. And um, so now we're planning another one, but with direction. So the mm -hmm. next one is, um, you know, portrait or how to pose someone which is something that I wanted personally, because like I said, I wanted to learn how to do that. Um, yeah. And you know what? It's, it is like a natural thing. Like it's crazy, but yeah, this whole lab um, and, and they know, like I don't have a location or anything and I've been wanting to. Um, and the goal was to provide it. And it was either going to be like, Hey, you want to use the equipment then here, you know, pay so, so much or go off a of base base price list but i just wanted to provide another way of having people get into film yeah. um you you know like i you can save the people with egos and say oh this is not professional and uh you're not using the right chemical i don't give a shit bro listen you want to get into film cool you want me to develop it and save yourself some money cool right. but yeah don't be a dick and, and stuff like that and start talking to me about all this stuff. Listen, I provided this. I'm making it cheap for people who want to get into film. Um, right. And hopefully that makes people in Vegas shoot more film. I just love film, you know. And, yeah. Um, it's good to hang out with people. You know, I, I, I post on my uh, account sometimes like, hey, you know, um, I'm in downtown if, and I'm just walking around. If anybody wants to come shoot with me real quick, come by. If not, then hey, next time again. But anytime people do that, I develop the film uh, sometimes for free just because um, you made the way out here. Let's go shoot, you know. And yeah. This is what you. And if they like what results I give them, yeah, come back and use me. You know what I mean? But everyone deserves, you know, uh, a chance to see if they want to use me or not. And 
that's up to them, you know, like, right. But for sure. And it. I, yeah. And I think it's so, so needed, especially right now, like with CVS or like Walgreens or Walmart, they don't do that anymore, at least not, not around here. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so exactly. like the person that wants to get into it, they have to like find a lab, which is harder than it sounds. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. And like even black and white, black and white. Honestly, I had to slow down, and that's because work was, it wasn't is getting overloaded now. Um, like my my actual daytime job. Yeah. So I actually had to tell people I can't do black and white scans. Um, I can develop if you want, um, because if you don't have the chemicals, but scanning right now, black and white is impossible because of the work it requires for me to do to remove the dust. Mm. If you gave me black and white C41 film, no problem. I got, you know, ice on the scanner that will remove it, if anything. And I'll just proof it again just to see if there's dust. But I actually have to stop because a lot of people uh, don't do their own developing at home for black and white too. So mm. they asked me. Um, but I want to I wanna do the scans for them because I think that that's just something that you need to do. But uh, I had to be honest with myself too. I'm like, fuck, I don't have the time right now. And, sure. you know, balancing, trying to do this scanning thing while at home with the kids, I got to show my time with them too. So yeah. no I'll, joke. De- I'll develop it, you know? Yeah. I'll develop yeah. it. And if you have rolls of the same one that I'm shooting in black and white, then that's even more yeah. awesome because I don't have to load, three different tanks now and stuff so mm-hmm. nice yeah. man that's mm-hmm. awesome well i think it's i think it's a really great thing to do i wish i wish there was a a, a place maybe i'll start it here in texas because <laughs> there's that you know austin has a couple but it's not there's not that many labs um that are a affordable or good um, I've taken my stuff to some local labs and then it's just absolute garbage. I'm like, well, that's ruined now. Thanks. So, Oh man, I can tell you one story and I feel so fucking horrible what happened. So, and I've never met her in person. We've always planned it whenever she's here. Uh, she's from Northern California. Her name is Gina Regala. Um, but uh, I, honestly, like I don't even know how we met online either, <laughs> but she used me to develop. Mm-hmm. I would say like eight rolls one day. Okay. And um, fuck, I forgot to tape the other side of the film leader. Oh no! The film. Well, once I so I did one side, but the fucking thing, I guess during the chemicals must have come off so it got stuck and then the other one behind it picked it up holy like that is why i don't want to do anything <laughs> like professional business wise dude that thing just and and because she's so great about it like i felt so bad you mm. know like um and uh what do you call it? so when it came out and i scanned it i'm like it developed, but it there's also like chemical um, fuck ups on the negative. Mm. And um, finding a box again, I'm gonna plug this. <laughs> Daniel saved 
my life. And thanks to him, I owe him. And oh my God, I can't find the other person. But save my life, okay? Um, fix the photos and couldn't even tell. Wow. I tried. I tried using clone, stamp, all kinds of tools in Photoshop. But he came clutch, bro. Like, full. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I teared up when I saw the photos. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Mm. But, you know, like, and, and I think that's why, like, I can't, I can't do business. Like, I care too much. Yeah. <laughs> if that sounds fucked up, but, like, yeah. like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, yeah, maybe I have no interest in starting a, a film lab then. <laughs> I just scared you. That, that, that sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty fucked up. I was like, holy shit. So sorry. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. And I actually called her too. Like, called her. Like, normally it's just through Instagram message or, or Facebook message or text. This time I actually called them. Like, oh my God. I got to suck this up. But she was great about it and stuff. So That's awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. It's nice. Absolutely. Anytime. I mean, if you might have me back, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Recurring. How bad I was, but let's do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Hey, if you ever want another coffee drink, buddy, talking about something, I'm down for it, bro. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks so much for listening to Overexposed. You can follow Ryan on Instagram at Ryan from Hawaii. You can also follow this podcast, the Film Photography Podcast. That's with an at in front of it. You know, you know how Instagram works. Um, there I just, I post updates, um, on the podcast and photos from our guests and all that good business. I'll leave you with this wisdom from Saul Leiter, who said, I never felt the need to do what everyone else did. I wasn't troubled by the fact that other people were doing other things. Till next time, friends. Cheers. <laughs>